Well, hi, listeners of the More Than Me podcast. Thank you so much for joining us for another great week. Um, I am your host, Becky Harrington, and I, if this is the first time you've ever listened to this podcast, I want you to join me every single week. Um, we are going to be discovering triumphant stories of men and women who have decided to have more for their lives and accept their purpose. Um, this is a podcast for women um, who have a deep longing in their hearts and crave community and are ready to step out in faith. Um, this is our 12th episode, so thank you so much for those of you who have been joining along every single week. We value your time that you are spending um, and that you are all in for collaboration over competition. I have a special treat for you. Um, we are being joined today by the husband of the Tiffany Smiley. Um, Scotty Smiley, for those of you who don't know Scotty, um, he is the author of the best-selling book, Hope Unseen. There's a documentary that's available. You can find out more about him and all of his endeavors on hopeunseen.com. We'll also have links to his book and everything about him in the podcast description and also on the landing page for this podcast so you can dive deeper into his story. Um, so, Scotty, why don't you say hello to all the ladies <laughs> that are listening? Hello, hello. It's, it's great to be on with you today, Becky. Uh, so I got to know Scotty recently um, because I got invited up to the Smiley home for a couple days of kind of deep dive brainstorming, um, planning and visioning into the future of More Than Me. Um, and I probably am in a unique p position because I actually got to know Tiffany before I even know, knew who Scotty was. Um, and I've learned more about his story through her, but a lot of people, Scotty's kind of famous. Like he, he speaks on all these like amazing circuits and he's all over the place. I don't um, know. <laughs> some people, uh, more people I think come to know him and his story, um, before they come to know Tiffany. And so I had a, a little bit of a different perspective. So the first time I met Scotty was in his home and right when I got there, there was some discipline action happening <laughs> in the smiling home. And I very quickly learned that Scotty is definitely a guy who is in charge of his house, right? <laughs> I do my best. <laughs> um, so Scotty, why don't you tell our listeners, for those of um, them who are a little bit like me, who didn't know who you were um, or don't know who you are, why don't you tell them a little bit about you and your story and, and the work that you've been doing in your life? Yeah, again, it's an amazing, it's an honor to be uh, here today with you, um, and it's just, again, amazing, more than, I'm more than blessed to be married to such an amazing woman, Tiffany, she's the love of my life, and uh, she's actually, we've dated, slash, been married more than half of my life, so truly, truly in love, uh, but I'm originally from Pasco, Washington, I moved here at a young age in fifth grade, and in sixth grade, one of the one of the girls that I met at the time was tall, skinny Tiffany. And, you know, I'm not saying we fell in love, but we began that a great and close friendship as we uh, continued to develop through junior high and then high school. And then finally, uh, she, I'm not saying due to my lack of maturity or wisdom, but finally enabled me to date her our senior year. And for me, it was just an amazing relationship based on, on, on honesty, authenticity. Uh, she knew who I was. I knew who she was. 
while at the same time we supported each other's goals. And for me, one of my goals was to get the best education. So I attended the United States Military Academy in West Point, New York, and she uh, and her endeavors wanted to become a nurse. And so stayed in Washington State, attended Whitworth University. And for me, it was, it was difficult to be 3, 000, over 3,000 miles away from the quote unquote love of my life, um, but I knew it was the right thing to do. And hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of uh, letters sent to each other, uh, instant messaging, uh, we called her, unfortunately, only once a week. Uh, we didn't have cell phones back then. <laughs> uh, but it was just a truly a love based on knowing and getting to know each other. And um, finally, our senior year, uh, my senior our senior year, I asked her to marry me. And then after graduation from the military academy, we got married. Uh, and I think for us, what was unique is I never really understood what being a part of the military was. And of course, nor did she, but I knew no matter what, we were going to do it together. And it was based on our love for each other uh, and a love for a higher calling that we were going to live our purpose no matter what it was. And uh, with that said, um, I, I not to say it was a bad decision, but went to ranger school right after getting married. And <laughs> not to say it's a good thing to tell your wife, I hope I see you in two months. And she has hope to. I was like, well, you can actually get recycled. I may be there. Uh, regardless, I, I luckily made it through. And then we were finally able to live together as a married couple. And unfortunately, it was only for about five months that I was deployed to Iraq in October of 2004. And again, it was hard leaving the freedoms of, of the world that I knew of America, being able to, you know, have, you know, a con the constitution that we have, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and, and everything to go to a war-torn country. Uh, but again, hit on the purpose that we knew what we were supposed to do and knew what we we're called, though we didn't really know what, what was the future was going to hold. And unfortunately, after six months of deployment, I came face to face with a suicide car bomb. And that's the last thing that I remember seeing is a man holding his hands in the air as he exploded his vehicle. And then I woke up about a week later in Walter Reed Army Medical Center. Uh, and really, my life was, was not just physically, but, but spiritually, emotionally changed forever. Uh, it was hard because I had, you know, 2015 vision. I was in the best shape of my life, you know, Ranger qualified, scuba, airborne qualified. I plan on going to Ranger Regiment, staying in the Army, fighting for our country. And now I'm partially paralyzed, temporarily partially paralyzed, lost both of my eyes, blind the rest of my life. And I literally felt, what is there to live for? Why? Why do I want to move forward? Why do I want to do anything? I can't you know, feed myself, I can't walk, I can't do anything. How, how can I take care of my wife if I can't even take care of myself? And, uh, and that's where, again, my, my story made a massive transition because my wife stood by my bed every morning, every night, helped me, guided me. And <laughs> I think I'm still asking for forgiveness on, on how I treated her. Uh, because I was in my own bitterness, my own depression, my own anxiety of, of, of the, the evils that were happening, happening to me, not just physically, but mentally and spiritually. It, doesn't, again, escape me, it doesn't escape me, Scotty, that um, 
when we talk about the way that God prepares the way for the future for us, sometimes we don't really like the way that he's preparing us. <laughs> no, no, not at all. <laughs> and from the very beginning, you and Tiffany had to endure um, being in a relationship and enduring through times apart and enduring for each other. Um, and that really yes. right straight into the beginning of your marriage, you guys were you know, basically newlyweds and already having to endure for one another. Um, and to see now where you are, it's like, it seems like such a perfect plan, actually. I'm sure it didn't feel like it. <laughs> Not at the time, no. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's the way it is, right? Like when we yeah. see like God's preparing you for something, it sounds like, shut up. I don't want to listen to you right now exactly. when you're living it. But um, it was such a beautiful way that he prepared the way. And Tiffany has spoken to this group a lot about how she um, could speak truth and life into you. Yes, every day. Um, and then one day she woke up after she had had just endured for you and for your marriage and for your family and just felt paralyzed herself. And yeah. so um, I want to get into that part of it, but I do just need to say a couple of things. First of all, um, our member program is growing like wildfire and we have calls coming up that you can join like as early as tomorrow um, and then again next week. So if you would like to be a part of this group, go to the morethanme.com, click on the member section, contact us, become a member. It's absolutely worth it. Again, we want to see you in person. Events are going to be happening in the fall. So start saving up, start having conversations with your family about being away, but we want to see you in person. So I'm going to get right back into the story here. So, so you guys endure all of this. And Tiffany is so strong and she's so like just embodies the woman that we want to be in our families. And she wakes up and she's just like, I don't even know who I am. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that moment when you recognized it and what you did. Yeah, it was just, again, the support, you know, six states, eight moves, three children later, always giving, always caring for me and our children it came to a point that every, every man, every woman will break. And I remember getting a, a call uh, from her and said, come home now. I need, you know, I need you. And there's something in her voice, something I knew. I, I knew it wasn't a physical emergency, like, you know, something had happened, but I knew she needed me there. And for me, it, it, you know, it was a choice. You know, I was I was working at Gonzaga University in the ROTC department. I was busy. I had work on my you know on my plate, but for me, it, it came to priorities. And, and I it was a quick glimpse of my life the last eight ten years that she had given so much, given her job, uh, given everything to me, and poured out. Could I do the same? And I knew instantaneously this is something that I have to do. And I went up, told my boss, "Hey, sir, I'm leaving. I'm going home." Um, I don't, I don't know when I'm going to return. Um, and it wasn't a, and I think, you know, I had a wonderful boss who understood. Um, but for me, it was that priority that I need to be there for my wife. I need to give, I need to be just as much for her and give just as much back to her as she had done for me. And again, I believe it's, it's the relationship. It's giving and taking. And for me, that was, you know, it wasn't just an instantaneous response, but it was a knowledge of what I had been given and uh, just as much so I needed to give back. 
So how did you start to prod her towards um, prod her or support her or what, what actions do you feel like you started to take, um, that you felt like started to shape, um, where she is now, which is a very, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so, the, the mind is so complicated, uh, how God made our minds and, and the intricacies of, you know, man still doesn't know why it thinks the way that it does. And, and for me, non-biology, uh, non-chemistry, non-medical, I didn't know. But all I did know is that I needed to be there for her. I needed to support her. And I needed to be there to give her everything that I had, uh, whether it's washing the kids, helping with dinner and cleaning the house, doing everything that I knew I could do. Uh, well, at the same time, you know, I, I always use this example in the military, you know, with a rifle, I would clean it every day. I'd oil it. I'd make sure it works properly. Because when I did have to use it, I wanted to make sure it worked properly. The case in which I didn't clean it, and it was grubby, grimy, dirty, when I did have to use it, my life is on the line. When it doesn't work, how am I going to fix it? How am I going to know what to do with it? And I far more look at our relationship, that you have to spend time with it. You have to open up. You have to, whether it's you know counseling, mentorship, guidance counseling, coaching, understanding what and how she thinks and love her more so than I would ever be loved, help the relationship grow. And, and we, we just opened up and we're just talking late at night, early in the morning, um, opening up to how she's thinking, what she's thinking, meeting her emotional needs uh, and her mind. Um, but it came back to me just giving and understanding that I can't expect to just receive and her to be my doorstep and me to walk all over her and expects, you know, nothing to be given in return. And again, it just it, little simple things. You know, we, we did marriage counseling, which was one of the best things, learned about forgiveness, about asking for forgiveness, and, and then asking what it meant to them and how, like, I had hurt her and how much that felt. And not just topical, oh, it made me upset, but no, deeply of, of like, the love and, and the, the, the disrespect or how hard that hurts really gets to the root and, you know, we just learned about the essence of love, the essence of giving. Um, and for me, that's when uh, the relationship just increased immensely, exponentially in strength. And we began to understand each other so much more, understand how I can give and meet her expectations and how, of course, she can, you know, give and meet my expectations. And for us, uh, that, that's how I see a relationship. Uh, that's how I see supporting and submitting to each other is uh, caring for each other and, and being there when when each other uh, when we need each other so when i came to washington um i you know i'm a busy person i usually am flying at like one million miles an hour <laughs> i was immediately captivated by tiffany in the way that she reached into my life at the time that she did i was yeah. captivated by the more than me movement and what was happening in women's hearts and minds and so i was immediately thrown into it and so my mindset coming up to Washington was we got a lot of work to do. I've got, you know, I've got a plan for how we're going to get accomplished some stuff. I hadn't really thought about the fact that I was staying in your home. I hadn't met you <laughs> and I kind of about your story, I, but I, it didn't even occur to me to think about like, Oh, you know, and, and Tiffany's husband, he's blind. So <laughs> um, until I was there and I was all of a sudden realizing like, this is a person who has a limitation and that, that, you know, 
I'm in this beautiful home. This is like the, one of the most beautiful homes I've ever been in. They have beautiful children. They have a beautiful family. And Tiffany is one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. And I was, I, agree. <laughs> I was captivated by two things, Scotty. One is that you haven't seen any of it. Um, and, I am. And also, I w and, and so that was a resting for me. Like it was a resting. I hadn't even thought of it until I was in there. And the second thing was I was captivated by what a strong, I'm going to say the word bulldog that you are. And I mean that in a positive way. Like you are a bulldog of a person. And we're sitting and strategizing about apps and websites. And in my brain, I'm going, I don't think he's ever seen an app, but he's talking <laughs> strategic level with me as it like that doesn't even matter and he's doing business deals and he's managing all of these things in his family I, I was sitting in the kitchen and one of his kids threw a ball in his office like across the house and Scotty was over in the kitchen and he was like did you just throw that ball in my office we've talked about that and I was like I don't even know what's going on right now um so this is you know you're a, you're a, a commanding presence um, and you are a strong uh, businessman, you're a strong leader in your family and in your life. And what was captivating to me is we were sitting having some wine or something and um, uh, all of us were talking and I, I don't know if I said something about, along those lines, but you said something and you said, don't be confused. I'm standing on her very strong, capable shoulders. Yeah. And, so honoring to her, and I know that you guys both stand on e on each other's shoulders. I, I know. No, I think I'm I think I'm on her shoulders far more often than, than the opposite. But it was such an honoring thing and such a humble thing that I think yeah. um, I didn't. It, it was just a very arresting moment for me. So, yeah, and that's and that's what's amazing, Becky, is they think everything that I've done and I'm doing, like I'm, you know, being the army's first active duty blind officer to stay on active duty another 10 years, I never would have been done, never would have been done if it wasn't for her. Me making it through Duke University as, as the first fully blind individual through Duke, I never could have done it without her. Everything that I've done, the right writing of Hope Unseen, the creation of, of telling my story, all the things that she had told me in the hospital bed as I'm depressed and anxiety and, and not wanting to, to move on. She was saying, you're going to be an author someday, Scott. You're going to be a teacher. You're going to get an MBA. And I'm like, no, no, no. But everything, all those words of truth that I didn't believe at the time came a reality, but it was because of her. It was because of the support that she had given me. And it went right back to, that same support that I had to give her, that that's the true relationship, that it's the giving, it's the love, that agape love, that we absolutely do anything and everything. If I'm willing to die for her, why am I not now willing to meet her emotional needs? Why am I not willing to meet her when she needs me? And for us, that's the true essence of our love is to meet each other in the middle uh, and to be there for each other all the time. So the reason why I wanted to have Scotty on today is because as we've been working more closely with women who are accepting their purpose, what God's putting on their heart, who are wanting to grow their businesses or start a business, we've often come across women who have said, I'm having a hard time getting my husband on board with this, or he's not supportive and I don't know how to have the conversation. And so I actually crowdsourced some questions for Scotty today from More Than Me Women. 
um, who are, are, are wanting to have a better conversation, a more healthy conversation, and who also want to be open to learning about strategies that they can use in their marriage that are healthy and um, that can bring about the right, um, uh, the right resolution. So I have some questions for you. These have been sourced from our community. Um, so there's a lot of women who feel like they don't know how to talk to their spouses about their business. What advice yeah. do you have um, for women who are facing this challenge? I think, again, it goes back to, it's, it's the basis of the relationship that I, Tiffany and I had such a good, strong understanding of each other that uh, she knew what what I did for a business and I understood what she did for business. So there was a mutual understanding. Well, at the same time, I think analytically, I'm math mind, I think numbers. And so when she says something, I'm like, uh oh, what's this gonna cost? What's this? this, 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 this. But then at the same time, there's you know, there's a level of trust that I trust her. That, you know, she lived went throughout college with eight hundred dollars a month and that was gas that was insurance for our car that was rent that was food that was everything so i knew she understood the essence of uh of of what money meant and what money means and so for me it was an understanding that i had to believe that she knew what she was doing and i think it gets to a bigger a bigger picture is that we all have a purpose in life and if she's finding her purpose that there are always risks to fulfilling that purpose. There's always risks, you know, costs, whether it be advertising, branding, marketing, to enable a business to grow. And more often than not, whether we call them sunk costs or investments, those investments, if done properly, will result in a larger and greater return. Uh, and, and whether or not it's a fixed cost, you know, for, for marketing and branding, if that can be found, in building your business, you know, 25 fold, that, that is a, a cost that is covered. And so for us, it's all about communication. We all are always talking. Um, sometimes it's just for me to know what's going on <laughs> outside, what's, you know, what's occurring, but it's that level of communication that we trust each other. And so for us, that's that openness of her make, you know, running a business, or her running a business, I had to trust that she was doing the right thing. And at times that I questioned her, we had to sit down and looked at my calendar, her calendar, and we pulled time together that we didn't have the deep conversations. Okay, what about this? What about this brand? What about this? You know, can we cover this? So again, it's, it's openness and it's honesty and sincerity with each other. Like we're one, we're, we're a married couple. We've created children that I have to trust her in her business sense and, and, and anything uh, if, if this is the relationship and the loving relationship that I, that we continue to want to have just as much as she does me also. And I think on the other end, like as women, we have to be careful that when the conversations about money associated with our ideas, it doesn't mean that we don't agree with the idea or the heart behind it, but it's, it's prudent to have the financial conversation too. And I, I think that as women um, yes. and the women that I work with, I don't know why this is. I, I work with a lot of businesses. I actually, most of my clients are actually more men than women, but the women I work with for whatever reason, 
when I say, well, what's the business plan? What's your revenue strategy? Where's your marketing budget? They haven't put any of those numbers down. Whereas, um, whereas the men I work with have that all worked out. And so I think my challenge to women would be that, why aren't we doing that? Why aren't we doing the basics of business, which is you have to have a budget and you have to have a revenue plan and you have to have, um, you have to look at forecasting and figure out how you're going to get a return on investment and ask yourself those hard questions. And so being sensitive that if your husband or your, you know, your spouse or someone is asking those questions, it's not because they don't believe in your heart. It's because that's, that's the way that they view it. Um, yeah. I, I've seen that Tiffany can, she can do that. She, she doesn't take it personally when you ask her those hard questions. No. And it's so true because, you know, like I said earlier, I have a math mind. I'm not an inventive, creative person. You give me an idea and I'll, and I'll make sure it happens. And, and I know the nicknoids, the details that will enable it along with the math. And, and Tiffany isn't and does not have a math mind. She's the ideas, the creator, the entrepreneurial execution. But with that said is you have to understand that the entrepreneurial mindset, there are ramifications to spending money because it's, money does not grow on trees. And when you do put those numbers down, it, get, it enables the reality to come to flourishing. It enables your idea to be sold or to be marketed, to be sold to the client. Uh, and when you don't, you, the product or the market, the business really can't move forward. Uh, and so for me, it, it is exactly what you hit on. It's the honesty, sincerity of looking at the forecast, look what your return on investment is, and when and and when that happens, a more uh, fluid and open conversation can be had because the spouse understands that you've thought things through and that that the investment into it will potentially have a greater return. So here's our second question. Um, so how do you feel that? Let's say that there is an idea that is financially feasible, um, but that the direction that's coming is uncomfortable because maybe it is, there is some finance, there's always financial risk in business. There's no business that's not taking a financial risk. Um, maybe the idea means more public exposure. Maybe the idea means more time away from the family. Um, how can women have conversations with their husbands when these are some of the pushbacks? Yeah, I think again, based off of my my relationship with Tiffany is is openness. It's being able to uh, have her gone and me to be perfectly fine, and and it, it's not a uh, you know a flip of the switch like the light switch. Oh, that's how you do it. It's it's paying attention. It's being present when I'm at home and understanding how what my boys want, what one child wants versus another child, how to make breakfast, how to make their lunches for the day, how to prepare dinner. It's being present and understanding to where then there, for me, there's not an uncomfortability when Tiffany heads out on a trip. It's just like, oh, you had on a trip? Oh, when? Okay. And then it's a conversation on our calendar. So it's an openness and an understanding. And at the same time, every relationship is unique. Every relationship is different but it's a basis that has to be had, that there has to be a giving on both sides. Like again, Tiffany and I's relationship is so fluid that I just don't go to work from nine to five and she's at home all day, a homemaker. We're both working, we're both giving at home, we're both you know, weeding outside, we're both doing 
all tasks. Uh, and for me, it's a, it's a what, we, what we in essence are trying to do is to teach our children that both men and women can do everything to set them up for success and to teach them that this is how a relationship, how we believe a relationship should be is a fluid, loving relationship in which I support her and she supports me. So again, it's, it's not just, I believe, a, a, a switch that can be flipped, but there has to be an education. Uh, if a spouse doesn't know how to cook, <laughs> not to say send them to culinary school, but begin to teach the, the essence, the, you know, the, the, the simple tasks. And if that means, unfortunately, uh, this, the wife may have to cook a lot of frozen meals and put them in the freezer, and then a little sticky note, you know, 350 in the oven for three, you know, an hour and a half, that's what has to happen. But it's a giving from both sides. And again, it's, it's an understanding that both have to be willing to support each other and enable each one of us to live our, our, our true purpose in life. So you've kind of touched on this last question. Um, but the heart of this last question is just, you know, we're still living in a society where even though things have changed a lot, there's still yeah. the idea that, um, that a woman's ultimate responsibility is to her family and her home. And that when she starts taking on outside responsibilities that she's taking away from that responsibility and maybe not living up to her purpose. Um, and I know that, you know, I think even Tiffany's gotten some pushback on this. Um, yeah. And uh, just, you know, from people in her circle of just kind of questioning, like, how are you raising your family well? Um, right. And also doing all of this. So, you know, how does that yeah. work in your home? No, I think I, I, I totally agree. And, and when I taught at the military academy, um, you know, after, you know, getting my MBA at Duke University, um, one of the first things that we did is, you know, we put our priorities, like our top four or five priorities in life. And then we looked at our timeline of what we would do every day. And my top four priorities were God, my wife, my children, and then my occupation, and then hobbies. And, and I asked myself, and I asked the students, is this what you think I spend my time with? The majority of my time with God, then my wife, then my kids, then my occupation. And by no means, it was my occupation, 12, 15 hours a day, uh, a little time with Tiffany, a little time with children. God was at the very, very bottom and hobbies were somewhere in the mix to where we have to look at our purpose. We have to look at what our priorities of life are. And if a woman's priorities are, you know, her husband, her children, and then her occupation, then it makes sense for that to be, to, to, for that to be the case. Well, at the same time, it doesn't lessen and by no means does it lessen a purpose or a drive. Some women have a drive to be stay-at-home, you know, stay-at-home mom, a homemaker. Some men have a desire to be a stay-at-home dad. Like, I, I see nothing wrong with it. But it's fulfilling those priorities in the means and the manner that they should be fulfilled. And again, when we talk about a relationship, it's communication. It's enabling both sides to understand where each other stand. For me and my wife, we put our relationship with God first, our relationship with each other first, then our children, then our occupation. That if our occupation begins to thwart those other two, three, we, we put a halt, we stop, and we relook at our lives, we recalibrate and make sure that we have our priorities straight. So I think it's, it's, it's an understanding and it's a constant communication, it's a constant 
understanding of what each other's purpose in their lives are. And as long as that spouse, um, again, what I believe in is, you know, I left my parents, my wife left her parents and we became one that she is my number one priority and I am her number one priority that if I enable her purpose to be lived, then, and she enables mine, there has to be that full understanding. And yes, there will always be the uh, constructive criticism or, or sometimes just criticism, but more often than not, our heroes are the ones that are first criticized. Our heroes are the ones that are looked down upon. And it's not until they've made the positive change that they are congratulated. And so for me, it is true. It's the world that we live in. Um, but to support my spouse, to support my wife, I have to be willing to give. I have to be willing to stand up for her, whether it be with my family, her family, our friends, and, and the society around that this is what she's doing and this is what I stand for and this is where and this is the life that we've chosen uh, for each other. And I think for us, it's, it's worked out well. It's always, uh, you know, adjusted as, as the time goes by and as opportunities uh, present themselves. But again, I totally believe 100% that it's, it's meeting in the middle, that it's meeting each other's goals and, and being me to support her emotionally, her to support me in the same manner, uh, that we can love each other and, and truly be uh, one. So we will always, number one, support marriage here. I'm glad that we're having a fearless conversation. It's come up enough that we felt like it was an important conversation to have, but Trust in, um, in, in, in putting your marriage at the forefront means that we don't always get what we want. <laughs> so, so my, you know, we're going to wrap up and thanks. Thank you so much, Scotty, for joining me today and for having this fearless conversation about how. Oh, it was an honor. It was an honor. It was great to be here too. A lot of wives asking their husbands to listen to this episode. Um, but, you know, maybe the first practical thing that you need to do is go get out the calendar and set up a time that you guys can start having an honest conversation and one that's trusting and loving and that is listening to both sides and hearing from a place where um, you can understand their heart and they can understand yours. Um, again, make sure that you are checking out, um, signing up for um, updates on the events that are going to be coming up. Join us on the membership calls. We have two people coming up, Dr. Courtney Baker, is going to be leading a call with us talking about how women can use collaboration over competition to grow in their leadership position and grow their businesses. And Rick Lawrence is going to be leading a workshop on how to take what's in your head and your heart and put it on paper, whether that's writing a book or starting a blog. Um, thank you so much for joining us on the More Than Me podcast. We're always here to share stories of men and women who have decided to live outside of themselves and claim a higher purpose because together we are more. Um, join us next week. And if you enjoyed today's show, please go leave us a review on iTunes or Google Play. It helps more women find our podcast and get to hear from the hearts of the people who are sharing stories here. You can always find out more about everything that we talked about on morethanme.com. This is episode 12 and we'll talk to you next time. Bye.